today. This section was ready, right here. This section? All right. I think it's I was looking at y'all and you felt accountable, so I want y'all to stay with me, but I'm going to come to this side and make them feel accountable. Okay, here we go. Are you ready for the word today? Come on. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's good, good, good. All right. Uh, last week, we started this series called Hashtag Relationship Goals, and we talked about the fact that every single person has them. And you start off early with them as a child. You have the relationship goals of who you want to marry or what you want your best friend to be like or your friend groups to be like. And then as you grow, those relationship goals change. Hopefully they change. They mature, and, and, but you continue to have them. And many times we look at people way off or people that are not in our world and we look at their life and go, man, I wish I had that kind of relationship. And we set goals of how we want our relationships to be. Scrolling through social media, see that perfect couple or that perfect friend group, and it's like, man, that's relationship goals for me. Well, last week, we talked about the fact that our goals should be God goals. How many of you know there's a difference in a good goal and a God goal? Amen? And so we talked last week about making sure that our relationship goals line up with the goals that God has for our relationship. And we went back to Genesis. I believe that uh, I believe that God makes things the way He wants them, and so He creates stuff the way He wants them to be. And so I love going back to Genesis again and just seeing how they got. So we look back at the very first relationship that God ever created, and what were the goals that God had for that? And we found three goals. For those of you that were not here, I will encourage you to go back and listen to that. It's on our, it's on our podcast. It's also on our website. Um, and it's the, the very first, first installment of this series. But I'm going to recap real quick just so we can catch you up. The, what does God want for our relationship? I'm sure there's a lot of different goals, but we found three of them that we talked about last week. Number one, he wants our relationships to reflect him. Said he created male and female in his image. One translation says, let's go create them to reflect our nature. God wants our relationships to reflect him. That is a great way to evaluate any relationship you're in. Is this relationship reflecting Christ, okay? Very good God goal. The next one is, he, the Bible says that they were naked and unashamed. And we talked about the fact that God wants our relationships to be real. No matter what relationship it is, whether it is a spouse, whether it is a best friend, God wants you to be working toward authenticity, that you can have people in your life that you can be real with, that you can look at and say, Man, I did this and I really messed up. And they're going to be okay with it because you can be real with them. Number three, our third goal that we talked about last week is God wants our relationships to reproduce, to be fruitful, to flourish, to be abundant. Genesis 1 and 28 says, and God blessed them. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. How many of you want your relationships to flourish? Just raise your hand. How about the rest of y'all? Y'all doing good? Just stagnant and all? Come on. Come on. If your spouse did not raise their hand, you have my permission to punch them in the trachea right now. No, don't do that. Do not do that. Okay? 
Let me try it again. How, <laughs> that would be so, I'd be just lawsuits happening. Okay, how many, at relationship goals, how, how did you get your trachea bruised? We were teaching on relationship goals, and the pastor said, punch them in the trachea. So that's how it happened. How many of you want your relationships to flourish? I want to see your hand, all right? The only way our relationships can flourish if God blesses them. Let me just thank you. I was waiting on that one. I'm going to backtrack. Thank you, Grace. We're going to try it again, all right? The only way our relationships can flourish is if God blesses them. That's it. I mean, we can do all the right things, set all the right goals, but until God blesses them, that's the only way they flourish, and that's what we want. We don't want them just to to have good relationships. We want to have godly, flourishing, fruitful, abundant relationship, and that's what I'm believing. Uh, Every year... When we talk about our vision, and our vision offering is tied to that, every year when we talk about our vision, we always try to talk about a word that we feel like God is speaking over our church. And the words that I kept hearing as I prayed for 2017 is I believe this is going to be the year of God things. I believe this is going to be a year of miracles. This is going to be a year of blessing. It's going to be a year of us getting to the end of it and turn around and looking back and going, my goodness, God did incredible, amazing wonders among us. And I, I said this last week, and the reason I bring this back up is because I think sometimes when we talk about miracles and blessings, we think about uh, healings, we think about deliverance, we think about salvation, we think about God giving me a new car, yeah. You know, we think about this kind of stuff. But I want to remind you, God wants to perform miracles in your relationships. Those of you that feel like it didn't get off to a good start, you've messed up, this is your fourth marriage, you're, and you're, you're trying, you just don't know how you're going to work it out. You've made so many mistakes in your relationships, your friendships, your family put the fun in dysfunctional, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, this is a bad, I want you to hear your pastor today, and if I'm not your pastor, just pretend like I am today and hear me. God wants to work miracles in your relationships. It is not too far gone. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you right now. So remember, our goal from last week to this week is that we are after God's goals for relationships. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 21. Genesis 2 and 21. So the Lord caused man to fall into a deep sleep. Come on, somebody. How many just receive that right now? Thank you, Lord, for that Sunday nap after some roast beef and potatoes and fried chicken, just a deep sleep. So the Lord caused the man to, <laughs> to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. And the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh and she shall be called woman because she was taken from man. Or as the old timer said, he, he said, whoa, man. That's why he called her woman, right? And this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Write this down. God's goal in any relationship is oneness. Just write it down. That's a good one. God's goal in any relationship is oneness. Now, 
Let me explain to you. We're talking about God relationships now, okay? We're not talking about the ones that you went looking for, the ones that you stumbled into, the ones that you shouldn't be in, all right? We're talking about God relationships, all right? The God relationship, the goal for that relationship is oneness. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. So whether it's a spouse, whether it's family, whether it's friendship, this is the goal that God has. Whether it's churches, this is the goal of God is oneness. Not unity. Not just agreement. Not just we like each other. Not we're kind to one another. No, oneness, okay? That is God's goal. Matter of fact, John chapter 17 and 21, what some theologians say is the only unanswered prayer of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I pray that they all may be unified together. No, that they all may be one just as you and I are one. This should be our goal. In all of our God-called relationships is oneness. Matter of fact, we don't don't have the scriptures, but I'll just go off the top of my head and tell you that the Bible says that where two or three of you are gathered together in agreement and believing in my name, he says, not only am I there in the midst of you, in other words, our oneness draws Jesus close, but he said also, whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to do. God wants oneness. Come on, how about my Pentecostal people? I'm going to get to Acts real quick, okay? Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when they were all with one accord in one place, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And the first church was born. Why? Because they were one. Think about what had to happen for them to become one. You got the apostle Peter who's betrayed him and cursed, used his name in vain. You got John who stayed with him all the way to the cross and now they're in the same room. Awkward. Come on, can anybody say it? You got people that, and yet they, that's why it took 10 days or so before the Holy Spirit could show up. They had to get all their mess worked out. God is after oneness in our relationship. How many of you would how many of you agree with me that is a lot easier read or said than done? Isn't that hard? And many times the scripture <laughs> that the disciples would walk away and go, that's a hard saying, man. This is a hard saying. But I want to give you what I believe are two secrets to relational oneness. I want to help you. We may only get to one today, all right? I only got to one at 9 o'clock. So we're probably going to get to one today, and then you'll have to come back next week for the rest of it. Two secrets to relational oneness are found in our text, Genesis 2 and 24. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now, because I love alliteration and I I love songwriting, I love rhyming, I'm going to go old school and we're going to take it back to the King James Version. Come on. How many of y'all know that's really the anointed one anyway? I grew up, they said the NIV was the nearly inspired version, okay? We're going to go back to the King James Version because I love when things rhyme, and I think you're going to remember this, okay? This, therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother, 
and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. I think you know what the word leave means, right? Okay. But the word cleave, that one may be, that's not a word we use a lot unless a butcher's around, okay? But the word cleave means to cling to, means to embrace, means to hold on to for dear life. Don't you love that mental picture of just of clinging to something with everything that you got? We want to get to that place. So much that you cling so tightly that you mesh together and bone becomes bone and flesh becomes flesh. That's what God is after in our relationships. The uniting, the oneness of body, soul, spirit, and heart. That's what God wants because that's where abundance really happens, all right? Now remember, some of you at that moment right now, listen to me, I've been doing this for 30 years and I I can hear y'all think, okay? Some of you right there said, there is no way that will ever happen in my relationship. Okay, and you're right, it won't happen in your relationship because you have that mindset. I'm talking to the people right now that want that, that you want what God has for you. Those are the people I want to talk to today. The first thing that you got to do, the very first thing that has to happen for us to step into relational oneness is you got to leave, okay? Write it down. You have to leave. He said, therefore... A man will leave his father and his mother and he shall cleave unto his wife and then they shall be one flesh. Before you and I can ever have oneness in our current relationships, we're going to have to leave some other relationships. If you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, really write it down, okay? Before you and I can ever experience oneness in our current relationships we're going to have to do some leaving in some other relationships. When I say that, some of you right away, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Just like that, you got, yep, yep, going to have to make that decision. You know right away. All right, there we go. Others of you say, man, I've already done that. I left that relationship and I don't have any any. I don't talk to them anymore. Uh, I don't stalk them anymore. You know, they're, they're just it's not a part of my life. And yet, you may have left that relationship physically, but emotionally, there's still a relationship there. And mentally, there's still a relationship there. You're still tormented by that relationship. Or you're still tempted by that relationship. Before you and I can ever step into oneness with the relationship that God has us in now, we're going to have to make the hard choice to leave some other relationships. You have to click unfollow, all right? There's some of you that follow people on Instagram and social media and Facebook. You just need to click unfollow because there ain't nothing good that's going to come out of that. That should have got more than amen from Carol. The only thing is even on Instagram, okay? <laughs> Carol, do you have an Instagram account? And yet you're amening me. So let's start that again. Come on, how many of you need to know we need to unfollow some stuff? Amen? Amen. We got to leave it. You got to cut it off. You got to walk away from it. I'm helping somebody today. If it's just me, we got to say goodbye to some relationships. Goodbye to some mindsets. Goodbye to some habits. And I'm going to tell you, most of our mindsets and most of our habits come out of relationships that we were in. 
Some of you have habits right now that you would have never had that habit had you not been in a certain relationship. Most of us have mindsets right now about how God loves us or doesn't love us or how we can be fruitful or not be fruitful based on relationships that we were in. Let me tell you something. Your overall health and happiness is primarily determined by your overall health and happiness of your relationships. Your overall health and happiness is primarily determined by your overall health and happiness of your relationships. Matter of fact, I'll tell you something else. Who you are today and where you are today is because of relationship decisions you made in the past. Who you are and where you are goes back to relationship decisions. And I'll tell you something else. I believe this with everything that I have. Aside from my, relation, my decision to follow Jesus Christ, my relational decisions are the most important decisions I will ever make. And all the mamas and the daddies say amen. I'm going to say it one more time. I want you to hear this. Young people, old people. The relational decisions are the most important decisions you will ever make. Who you decide to be in relationship with. And that's why some of us are walking through tough times is because we won't make the decision to leave those relationships. Let me talk about relationships for just a moment. I want you to write some stuff down because I think this is going to help you, okay? It's going to get... We're going to get... a, a, a little technical here, but don't worry. I'm from Mississippi, so we won't get too technical, okay? So I want you to write this down. Number one, relationships are all about proximity. Relationships are all about proximity, okay? You need to write that down. That's important because I'm going to give you a few more points. Relationships are all about proximity, okay? For example, it's this. It's where someone is in relation with you, okay? You, 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 all the time, you'll hear people say, man, they are so close. What's that saying? That's telling you where this person is in proximity or in relation to that other person. Or, man, they're like one person. That just, that tells you, or man, they're, they're, they've fallen apart from each other. They've drawn away from each other. So relationship means where this person is in relation with me. Number two, proximity is all about priorities. What you have close to you shows what your priorities are. Or who you have close to you shows what your priorities are. I need all the young people to sit up and listen to me right now because this is going to help you next week and especially when you turn 21. Listen to what I'm telling you right now. This is going to help you. Who you have close to you shows everybody around you what your priorities are. And how many of you right now have had your priorities wrong before? And you've had people close to you and things close to you and you made them a priority so you let them be in close proximity to you and they should not have been a priority at all in your life. Instead, someone that you had pushed way away should have been the priority in your life and that never ends up good. Can I hear an amen from somebody? So so relationships are about proximity. Proximity is about priorities. Number three, 
Priorities are about values. So show me your relationships and I will show you what you value. Show me who you hang out with and I will show you the values in your life. Show me the people that you pull close and automatically I know what you value in your life. And number four, why all of this is so important, relationships about proximity, proximity is about priorities, priorities are about values, values produce vision. You ever heard this old saying? I'm gonna wait till y'all are done writing because you may wanna write this one down too. This old saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Y'all never heard that one? Well, then it's not an old saying. I just said it just then. It just came right out. Just tweet that at John Rags. Give me full credit, okay? Show me your friends and I will show you your future. Proverbs 13 and 20. Check this out. Proverbs 13 and 20 on the screen. Here it comes. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Good decisions. Yeah, I don't know who that was, but I love you too, baby. It's good to see y'all. We've missed you guys. Say, uh uh-oh. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. Say it with me. Repeat after me. Say, good choices, good life. Bad choices, bad life. Good friends, good life. Bad friends, bad life. Uh-oh. I want you to be so careful. Listen to me as your pastor. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Because we can, we can do all this. I just want to be where you are. We can sing that. We can go after it. We can all. But if our relationships are screwed up, it inhibits our relationship with God. Matter of fact, the Bible says, don't say you love God if you can't even get along with the people that are right around you. It's so important that you and I get this thing right. That's when we're going to spend weeks on it because we want to make sure that God is being honored with our relationships. Watch who you surround yourself with. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. Hey, is this all right today? All right, 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, there are people that have taken this and like, you don't need to be hanging out with Lost, you know, only be with Christians. That's a, that's a lie, first of all, okay? Because Jesus hung out with the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. That was the people that he was around and he was ministering to, but he was not yoked with them. All right? That word yoke goes back to a farming term. When they would take, they, you know, there was a job that they needed more than one ox. They would put the oxen together, Okay? And they would put them together and to make sure that they stayed together, they would put a yoke on them that kept them in alignment and going the same way. And so if they hooked one up, that a strong one with a weak one, 
then what happens? You get this kind of thing like this, you know? Or they hook one, a tall one with a short one. You get this one part is way down here. It just didn't work. And so Paul is saying, don't get yoked up. That word yoke means partnered or in agreement or in covenant with. That's why Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He said, you and I are going to get connected together so we can do something great. And we're going to go. And Paul said, make sure that you're not connected up in agreement, in covenant with people that don't have the same values as you have. Because if your values are wrong here, your vision's going to be wrong down there. Because you're not going to go the same. It's going to look like you try to go out and pick them peas and you're going to be walking this thing like this because the row is all crooked. Paul said, make sure you're not doing that. I'm going to tell you something else though. You can be unequally yoked with believers too. Oh, can I hear an amen from some of you that yoked up with believers that had the wrong values. Just because someone's a Christian, because someone says, I believe in God, doesn't mean that they want to head the same way as you. The same trajectory. trajectory, is that how you say it? Uh, Direction as you, all right? Doesn't mean that way. And so here's what I would say to you. If you want to know if this is going to be a long-term relationship, look at their values here, look at their vision there, and that tells you how long this thing can last. Don't just look at their vision there because everybody has a good vision, but doesn't mean they have great values. Look at their values here. Talk about their vision there. And then you can consider getting yoked up with them. I'm not a good preacher, but that's good preaching right there. Some of you right now, some of us right now, are in relationships that we need to put some space in between us and them. That needs to be some space. How many of you, how many every once in a while you get in a, in a discussion, quote, you know I'm talking about one of them discussions. Chris and I don't have arguments, we have discussions. And uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes what do you, what's, yeah, I, got, I got to have some space. I got to have some space, right? How many know what I'm talking about? I got, I got to roll out just for a minute, okay? How many of you heard it? You just count to 10. Sometimes you need 10 seconds. Sometimes you need 10 minutes. Sometimes you need 10 hours. Some of y'all are like, I just need 10 years, okay? Give me 10 years. I'm going to take a 10-year walk, okay? I ain't, look, I ain't joking right now. I'm telling you right now. There are some of you right now that need to take a 10-year walk from a relationship. And then after 10 years, just reevaluate that thing, okay? Just move away. Walk away. Disconnect from unhealthy relationships, disconnect from unhealthy relationships. Different values create unhealthy relationships. Different values create unhealthy relationships. But I also say something else. Different seasons can create unhealthy relationships. Now, I hope this helps you because I know this helped me as I was putting it on paper. A relationship can be healthy and move into unhealthy simply by both parties not progressing into the next season the right way. So you can start off with the right values and the right vision, but then you start moving into a different season, 
and it starts feeling icky, gets a little crunchy, you know what I mean? Just like, ugh. What's happening there? One of you is progressing in more health than the other one. Or one of your values has just shifted a little bit. And so many of us try to keep that relationship going even though the season is saying it's time for that relationship to be done. Now look, I am not talking about your marriage, okay? So don't even start that mess with me, okay? Do not go home and over chicken say, Pastor John said that you unhealthy and I'm not. So we got to roll out. I did not say that, okay? Listen, I'm not saying that. Michael, do not go at the dinner table and tell your family it's time for me to leave. Pastor John said we're just grown apart from each other. I'm not talking about family, okay? That's a whole other series. That's a whole year of a series right there. I'm talking about those relationships that you've been in, but now it feels like it's holding you back or you're holding them back. Reevaluate that relationship. The word reevaluate comes from evaluate, which has value attached to it. Look at the values. Are the values the same? Are you both after the same thing? Because what may be happening is you may be changing and they're not. Or they may be changing and you're not. What was healthy can become unhealthy because someone became healthy or someone became unhealthy. And it just changes. Or it just may be life. Some of y'all have got like doing CPR, got paddles out, clear. And this relationship is supposed to be D-A-I-D dead. (laughs) Or at least, or at least it is supposed to have changed. Let me give you a great example of that, okay? Remember what we read, Genesis 2 and 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. You notice that it's talking about parents here? It's parents. Like, and I remember I've read that before and go, that's just weird to me. Leave your mother and father? Like, why you got to be so vicious with it? Why can't you just say, you know, just going to transition? But I want you to look What I believe this symbolizes is a life change, is what I believe. I believe this symbolizes a season change, and it takes what is a really hard thing, and it says, if you can do this well here, you can do this well with anything. I'm going to say that again. And all the parents that have gone through this, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? That there's a season where it just changes, and you don't want it to change But it just changes. But look at this. Matthew 12 and 46. Man, this is so much fun. Matthew 12 and 46. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. And someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. Now, this is Jesus who's been raised by Mary, okay? Mary, this amazing woman of God, I mean, she, this lady who kept herself pure for Jesus Christ to be birthed through. This is a saint of a woman, right? Remember that? So you know when Mary speaks up, she's like, all right, I'm going to come and I'm on my way. Matter of fact, think about his first miracle. He didn't even want to perform it. The wedding, read it. Read it when you get home. Not now. When you get home, do your homework. They said, hey, we run out of wine. He's like, my time is not coming. Mary's like, listen what he says. 
He's going to do it because mama said so, all right? Go get, he's going to get water. He performs this miracle because mama said so. Now, here we go. We fast forward a few years down the road. He's talking to these people. He's doing his miracles. He's performing his ministry. And all of a sudden he hears, hey, your mama's outside. The old Jesus, like, oh, I got to lay all this down. But what does he say? Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? Pointing to the disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now listen carefully. What he was saying there is, my values have now shifted. My value now is one thing, to perform the will of my Father. Y'all listen to me. My value is to perform the will of my Father. I'm still going to honor my mother Matter of fact, you see Jesus at his crucifixion that makes sure she's taken care of. He didn't leave her out. He took care of her. But he said this, my values now are not my mama. My value now is all about my daddy. And because of that, his relationship with his parents and his brothers and his siblings shifted. There are times in your walk with God that a beautiful, healthy relationship is supposed to change because God is moving you into a new season. Or you may be in the middle of a relationship and suddenly the values get off. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just like a little bit like money stuff and, you know, dating and all this stuff gets off. Think about this. Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter goes, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus says, man, you're blessed. I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Three verses later, Peter pulls Jesus aside and says, man, you got to quit talking about all this crucifixion stuff, okay? (laughs) It ain't going to happen. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, because you're talking because of flesh and blood right now. So his, his values change the relationships. Come on. I hope this is helping somebody today. So if you are heading one way with somebody, but then suddenly that person's values start changing, there needs to be a reevaluation. If that person is your spouse, there needs to be a come to Jesus meeting. There needs to be you, them, and Jesus spending some time making sure your values are back lined up. If it's a friend that you feel like God has put you into their life, there needs to be a come to Jesus meeting where it's you, them, and Jesus spending some time making sure that you're still headed the right way. Proximity is all about priorities. Priorities are all about values. Values are all about vision. Real quickly, be very careful who you're taking advice from. Be so careful. Well, you know, Martha said that you're just not treating me right. Martha's on her third marriage, okay? I don't know that I'd be... Hey, Buford said we need to invest in this. Buford has been bankrupt four times, okay? Hey, man, you need to try this. Just try this. Come on, try this. The person that's getting you to try it is so mixed up and messed up, and you're just going to try it. Be so careful who you're getting advice from. This is what Jesus was doing. Peter, I'm not listening to you right now. You're giving me bad advice. 
You might even be a good person with good motives. That's bad advice because it doesn't line up with the values of where God has me going. And last thing I'll say to you is filter the voices that are speaking into your life. Make sure the voices that are speaking into your life share the same values and have the same vision and you're on the same trajectory that God has for you. Come on, how many received this word this morning? Come on, do you receive it today? I don't care, I'll take it. I'll eat it up. Mm, my word. Let me pray for you today.